Here's a quick shout out to our sponsors, Five Star Fitness and Onze Recovery. Five Star Fitness goes without saying we need to be active nowadays. It's a must. And to help with this, Five Star Fitness, with locations across the country, has established itself as the place to pursue your fitness goals. Now, Onze Recovery, let's talk about stress from daily life, leaving us depleted in need of that reboot. Onze Recovery offers different types of therapies to help you recover from the daily stresses, especially when we are limited with time. Welcome to another episode of It's Never the Right Time. This is your host, Coach Q, a.k.a. Kuta Klinger. And this episode is brought to you by Onze, which actually opens today, January 4th, 2024. And also brought to you by Five Star. And on that note, Happy New Year, guys. And welcome to the show. Today, I'm with a really good friend of mine, uh, Trimi Hamiti. And uh, to give you a little bit of context, well, actually, probably in the first episode, um, I do uh, mention him. He is pretty much the reason why uh, I know about Pristina. I know about Kosova. Uh, he organized a trip uh, roughly, well, eight and a half years ago, I guess, and um, legendary weekend uh we won't go into that in <laughs> too much detail <laughs> but we can, um, of course yeah can. of course of course there's nothing to hide there nothing to hide um but yeah uh i guess i'll hand it over to you for a brief introduction and we'll get this yeah. uh episode started as you said my name is Trimi. <laughs> here in this part of the world we call it trim uh, yeah. <laughs> Trim Hamidi. so i was born here but i actually haven't lived here since the late 80s i think um 88 89 is uh, when we moved out the first time and uh, I was actually trying, because of this episode, I was trying to figure out, like, what? because we made three trips to Bhutan, and I know that because we lived in three different houses, but I couldn't tell you which years, but I know that... Um, the first two, the first one, I was not going to school, so I must have been like four years old. And then the second trip, I was uh, homeschooled by, um, by this uh, British, me and my sister. So we are a family of four, but my elder sister was a, a year older than me. She was with us and we, we were homeschooled by this uh, lady named Simone. So we learned English there, but we also learned some like basic stuff. And then we came back because um, my old man, he was uh, based in Timpu, Bhutan. And if you don't know what that is, you should look at a map. It's in the Himalayas, close to Nepal. Um, and then... It, it's, it's one of the happiest countries in the world. Well, they have the happy GDP, right? That's how they uh, they, they they don't look at uh, money the same way as the rest of the world does. But even today, this place is closed. So imagine what it was like in the 80s, right? Mm. And I mean, it is the most dangerous airport as well. So every time you land there, you're like, oh, all right, is this is it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so after the second spell, I think we came back here. Um, because my uh, parents wanted us to go to school here and I actually went to Meto Baraktar for the first year. And then uh, the second year started and there was apartheid. So we lost rights to education and employment. And I still remember the tear gas in the classroom. We were all expelled. But I think eventually the elementary school started, but my, uh, my dad was like, okay, just come, just come to Bhutan. I actually went to school there. I went to public school. And then, um, yeah, uh, from there... I mean, this intro is a bit long, so it's not the typical one, just because it's been <laughs> Let's everywhere. Go 45 <laughs> minutes. So this, this is my life. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, and then from uh, Bhutan, the mission was finished. We're like, okay. Um, then there was another mission, which is Asia Pacific, and we went to 
uh, our final destination was Bangkok, Thailand, but we went through Delhi in India and then we spent quite a bit of time in Jakarta, Indonesia. So I went from like, you know, a public school here, a public school in, um, in Bhutan, and then like an international private school in Jakarta and then also Bangkok later. But so I have to say like adapting to public school in Bhutan was much easier than adapting to like a school where some of the most, you know, the richest kids live and like, sure, you know, yeah, it was yeah. very, very hard to adapt. But anyways, we finished the Jakarta. We spent the greater part of the 90s and for me a little bit of a 2000. So from basically 91, 92 to 2001, I was in Bangkok, Thailand, uh, finished, uh, you know, uh, elementary, middle and high school. And then from there, split from my parents. I went to university in Madrid, Hala Madrid. Um, <laughs> and also for, for the first two years, because the university was actually an American one, but it was only, um, um, it was you could only do two years and you had to go to the like main campus in St. Louis. I was actually trying to Which go to California. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was trying to go to California actually, but because it was a Jesuit school, a lot of like the theology, religious classes were not uh, transferring. So I didn't want my parents to pay for another semester. So I just went there, bit my lip and St. Louis was, you know, that's true. The American, US, right? yeah, that's like, Midwest. Kind of, yeah. And uh, it was like the most dangerous city for a while, like East St. Louis, because it's in both Illinois and Missouri. And uh, yeah, so graduated there. Then my parents were living in Geneva, Switzerland, but I was an adult and I had a, uh, not a Serbian, it was Yugoslavian passport still. And um, then Switzerland said, you can stay here for six months uh, only, but you have to find a job in the first six months if you want to continue. And then that's where I uh, started working for Nokia and been working for Nokia since uh, the last 18 years. Yeah. Um, and also, that's where we met in Geneva. Yeah. But I, I was actually thinking before this episode in terms of like, because you are also Swiss now, correct? Right? Yes. And so when did that like journey start? And I guess it was like from that six month kind of initial period of like working, starting to work with Nokia. And then that that continued, right? And at that time, like, what were, I mean, not that this is going to be the focus of the, the episode, but what was because the to become naturalized as a Swiss uh, passport holder, like the, it's changed over the years, right? Yeah, the criteria correct. is much stricter now. Yeah. And now it's like 10 years, right? Um, you yeah. have to live in yeah. one consecutive spell. 10 years as a permanent resident. Yeah. Not 12 years as a, like a B or a temporary resident, like what it was before. Okay. And it was very hard to get permanent residency. So that's, they, they shortened the time, but they made it harder, actually. Right. So yeah. then for you, though, like, so starting at 2013 was your first time in, in Switzerland. 2006. Oh, six initially. Okay. Uh, well, no, that's when oh, sorry, I moved. Sorry, when you, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, I graduated sorry. in 2000 and... Uh, no, no, it was 2005 I graduated. And then the summer I spent here, then uh, end of 2005 I went to Geneva. So okay. I started working in 2006 early. And then, yeah, 2013 was when we met, actually. Correct. And that was at CrossFit Geneva. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and Switzerland, of course, like, I spent 11 years there. It's the most I've lived anywhere. And... Um, it was sort of like, if you look at my history, it was a bit different because I actually stayed in one place. But there, there was a reason why I was staying is because I needed to get that citizenship. It wasn't the reason in the beginning. I didn't plan to stay so long, but in the end, I was like, okay. Mm. And funnily enough, after three months that I got my citizenship, I moved to Singapore and I've been there for the last six years. So. But in some ways, like that was, I think like, yeah, you didn't maybe initially plan to, to stay as long, but then because of your sort of, you know, uh, uh, almost 
very international and diverse like back upbringing you know probably there was an aspect where it's like oh this is different like to get actually settled down and to kind of get acclimated and actually like start almost mm. building something right versus like I think when you you know I've, I've moved around a, a, a little bit maybe not as extensively as you but when for example you go to a school abroad like not knowing in the beginning but somewhere in you you feel like there's a there's a clock ticking right mm. and mm. so that already kind of changes your mindset in some ways like you know this is going to come to an end eventually yeah. kind of thing and so like you're already kind of prepared in some ways sometimes maybe not you know yeah but um probably like as the years went on in geneva then you're like okay this is well i talk about this because i said like after like eight years i almost even had a panic attack i was like is this it? Is this me? Like, am I going to be like Swiss now forever? And this is my life? Of course, not the case. Um, you know, we moved to um, to Singapore, you know, in uh, 2017. So that was a big change. But yeah, you know, it was good to have a base somewhere yeah. right? for a while. At least, you know, uh, get some miles uh, uh, done somewhere. And I think it's important to do that because you don't have this constant like, okay, these are temporary friends, these are temporary connections that I build with everybody because yeah. eventually they're gonna come to an end. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's already been six years in Singapore, yeah. huh? Yeah. Wow, that's like time flies. Um, so in terms of the, you know, we when we met at CrossFit, right, that was still, I mean, CrossFit had been around for a few years, but I believe like, at, well, at least in Geneva, it was the first CrossFit mm -hmm. gym, right? And in terms of like my background at that point was, okay, it was skewed towards playing football somewhat competitively and then doing the sort of gym bro kind of like, all right, I look around, he's benching, so maybe I'm going to bench kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then like CrossFit for me was really the, well, A, it gave, uh, it, it was structured in the way, and this is still one of the aspects that I really appreciate about CrossFit in terms of like you get quite a bit done in 60 minutes, mm. you know, like you have uh, often like a strength or a skill portion and then a conditioning piece, Correct. right? Uh, and then again, depending on the box, like the programming <clears throat> and also the coaching kind of, you know, it, it still is, I think, a very very efficient kind of way of, of training, right? Mm. Um, but then, like, it, it, it was varied enough that it kept that interest because sometimes when I would go to the gym on my own, I'm like, okay, one day I do this, and yeah. then you don't really see the progress because what maybe, you, A, you don't even know what you're doing. You're not tracking. You're not yeah. kind of, right? You don't know, like, progressively overloading. or yeah. I mean, you're not even warming up kind of thing, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> And then, like, CrossFit kind of introduced, like, okay, uh, the sort of basic notions mm. of, like, how you can maybe start to kind of structure something and then the the social pull right correct like I you meet some like-minded people and for us like it was that 6 30 a.m class yeah. like where it was just a bunch of characters that we still laugh to this day about right yeah. like um but was it kind of a similar like experience for you like absolutely absolutely and also i think it's worth mentioning that crossfit in 2013 CrossFit today is, is a little bit different. Sure, it's evolved like crazy. Because yeah. at least, uh, and then the, the way I joined CrossFit is I, I was, um, my gym membership was up uh -huh. and I went on my motorbike and I drove, like during lunchtime, I, um, I went to the gym, the, what's that place? Silhouette, is it? Not Silhouette, the other one. Uh, Harmony? Harmony. Harmony, Harmony, yeah, yeah. I went to Harmony and uh, I, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna get a discount from my sister's job. They had a connection with the gym. And uh, the lady there, which we met eventually, remember at the boat party, she was so rude to me. 
Okay. And, and I was like, I might join this gym, but I'm not joining this gym today. Yeah. So I got on a motorbike. I was like, I heard about this CrossFit thing, and I drove past that hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to that restaurant. Yeah, and I went in there, beginning. and I was like, hmm. You know, John Ingram, shout out. Uh, he was there, and he's... He said one thing, he was like, this place is a lot better than any gym mate. <laughs> and I just saw people like lifting bars. I didn't see anything else. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'll give this a shot. Yeah. And it was very much strength focused, right? Yes. In the beginning, it was right. quite... Ollie yeah. lifting. And then we, we, I remember we back squatted on Mondays, for front squatted on Fridays. We cleaned on Tuesdays, deadlift on Wednesdays. You know, we did all the lifts hmm. and majority of that, of that was lifting. And then in the end, you had this conditioning piece. Right, yeah. which was kind of the pool, but then you had the camaraderie and everything, and then it started to morph into these long wad. Remember long wad Tuesdays, which didn't exist before, and that mm -hmm. class was full because people just wanted that uh, um, those endorphins. But I do agree that CrossFit has uh, sort of influenced a lot of people and gotten them into training. Today, personally, I don't think CrossFit is a training uh, module. I think it's it's a sport. Yeah. Right. Just like football or basketball, it's a sport. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, because, and yeah, there is programming and coaches do program in uh, various boxes however like if you skip on a Tuesday because you got like you know life to handle yeah, yeah. then you're kind of missing you know a lot of these things and um, so um, yeah but I fully agree I think CrossFit at least introduced people into uh, training um, you know and it then, resembles fitness and then also having a, some sort of discipline yeah and then also like the mixing of whether it's weightlifting to uh, weightlifting or powerlifting certain types yeah. of lifting to then the gymnastics and then also the conditioning elements right um, I think that was like oh wow this is a, a way to kind of approach it um, correct and actually if you think about it like who knew about like ollie lifting before CrossFit Majority of people they would change the channel if that thing came on, you know. Like, but yeah. now you know a lot of people got into that and it, started respecting it for what it is because of CrossFit. So a lot of um, a lot of uh, credit should go to to them for what they've built there. Yeah, and I, I was listening to uh, I think um, you know some of our favorite uh, let's say podcasters as well as scientists. So um, I was listening last night actually to uh, Peter Atia with uh, Andy Galpin. Hmm. And um, and I think that one one topic that we probably uh, touch upon is like longevity, training for hmm. longevity. And I think safe to say that I think both of our training approaches now is kind of leaning into a little bit of that, right? Hmm. Um, but uh, you know what they mentioned about CrossFit is like you know phenomenal athletes, right? But they're not going to win a weightlifting competition mm -hmm. or very rarely, you know, some of the, there are occasionally yeah. some, some just phenomenal, like I think, uh, what is it? Tia, uh, or the, the yeah, I think she's uh, on the Australian, uh, mm -hmm. weightlifting team as well. So, you know, you will get Olympians from these people, but again, if you, um, ask them to run a marathon, they're never going to do it no, in no. two hours. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, if they run a sprint, a hundred meters, you know, they're not going to, like, go under 10, maybe, you know. Um, but, you know, they are the sort of hepathalon or decathletes of, uh, you know, this, this mm -hmm. uh, well, CrossFit as, as a sport, right? Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, like, over the course of, of the years, like, you know, I mean, probably myself i mean i occasionally do crossfit i'll drop into you know one of the boxes here uh once every two weeks but you know it's been years probably since the last time 
you know, we probably did CrossFit on a regular basis, right? Mm. Like where I think at one point, yeah, in Singapore, like we were ta talking about this yesterday, like you broke the attendance record yeah. uh, at one of the gyms, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then like probably, you know, and then this is what I find also really interesting from CrossFit and, I, and like I have to credit them is sort of it's attracted all kinds of people and in including the coaches and through mm -hmm. those coaches like you've probably met like, you know, I, I've met uh, Dylan as well as yeah. Stu and these guys. Right. And they have different backgrounds. Yeah. Right. And they try to kind of fuse that into their coaching approach. Right. For. Yeah you know, what they are interested in or what they like doing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then that kind of starts to open, you know, your perspective, right? Depending mm -hmm. on your needs. Um, I mean, it's not nothing wrong with people just continuing CrossFit and yeah. they want to do that. But then I think, you know, my strengths are different to your strengths. My weaknesses are different to your weaknesses. And there comes a point where I think we've also suffered from injuries and these yeah. kind of things where you're like, all right, maybe there's a different, way to kind of go about this right or like mm -hmm. you know just curiosity i mean we've all, we're also very curious people so then naturally you know you kind of start like seeking that out right yeah no i it's exactly like that and um like i said for me i just started to realize that this is a sport um but i love it i still to this day love crossfit i don't do it anymore i mean just full disclosure i don't go to crossfit classes mm. um but when i did it i loved it i love the the whole like um well, I mean, there's reasons why you like it, right? Yeah. You're going in there, you're hanging out with some of your closest friends, yep. you're getting a dopamine and, and endorphins rush, yep. and you feel like you've done something, you're getting tired, you get your mind off things. So it's to, to me, I still say now the training that I do now, which is very boring, strength focused, some zone two, and then you know I play some sports, but th the CrossFit part requires no discipline. You know, a lot of people talk about this, but I really challenge that because why do I need discipline to go hang out with my friends and get some dopamine and endorphins? I don't. I, I, I even though we were like we're all kind of type A personalities, the six thirty a.m. class, but we look forward to it. Yeah. That was the best part of our day. But now go to a gym by yourself, listening to your music, probably the same playlist you've listened to a few times, yeah. trying to progressively overload trying to uh, do better than you did last time and mm. do this day in, day out, that requires discipline, you know? Yeah. And I think this is where this whole thing has changed. And then also, like, I don't like being religious about things. Obviously, you know, we've tried to experiment with everything that we could, but we didn't really stick to it like it was a religion. Once you get some more data that comes out that says, hey, maybe this is not the best way. For me now, I'm 40 years old. I'm not going to go start doing kipping pull-ups like every single day. <laughs> my, I don't think my shoulder joints want that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, of course, I still like it. I'm interested in it. I'll watch a CrossFit Games and I understand why people do it. But I think now you you have to also kind of like be honest with yourself where you are and then see like, is this the best thing for me? Yeah. But of course, now I play football. I play basketball, play tennis, I play all the sports. But those are kind of the fun part you know mm. i want the stuff that i do it's almost like a buy-in to do the things that i really like yeah. to do right yeah i think like as we get experienced or as we also just understand ourselves a little bit more um yeah you realize like there's there's a bit of a price to pay mm. right and with all these physical activities and i think like we we've been maybe naive as 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 as, as a population almost to think that like you know, oh, I can just just do anything on a whim, right? And I think that's where like probably people 
experience injuries, unfortunately, yeah. kind of thing, right? Even if it's like, all right, I'm going to start running. Yeah. You just try to, you know, and then the next, like, next three days, you can't yeah. do anything kind of thing, right? So, uh, and then it, even more so with the case of, like, sports kind mm -hmm. of thing, right? Um, and so, yeah, like, that kind of preparation or just i mean yeah that strength training yeah. becomes like so key right yeah and i think there's another point on the on the crossfit thing is that the barriers to entry because it's been so many boxes have opened right and mm -hmm. then you know you kind of lose sort of like the uniform aspect of it and when we joined remember you had to do those beginners classes the fundamentals yeah the fundamentals yeah. and also it was a lot of like sort of now what this whole new concept of a small group personal training that's how it was before because it wasn't so popular so you did get a lot of attention from the coach because i know both my sisters just went into it and they got injured right mm -hmm. if you haven't if you don't have a history of like say functional bodybuilding and you go straight into like you know doing deadlifts for time this is not like the best recipe for most people right and i think this is the issue also that i had with uh, crossfit nowadays is that you know there is no barrier to entry everybody can just go you know you don't re really need a license yeah like i think there's there's this struggle or or you know push and pull kind of thing with like okay we're running a business mm -hmm. versus like what is our training philosophy yeah. and then also like what do the clients want versus what do the clients need Right. And yeah. then ultimately the level of coaching. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like to be able to kind of, you know, so I think there's many approaches like the fundamentals is interesting. And, you know, whether that's like a weekend, I think for us, it was a weekend, right? Yeah. It was a Saturday, Sunday, or it's like um, at uh, Movement Labs, shout out to uh, Movement Labs in London. They uh, at one point were doing like sort of weekly, mm -hmm. like on select days, there's these uh, fundamental classes again. So, but then it's sort of like, how do you, how do you convert that? Because, at, you know, when you're running a fundamentals, like the person is almost a prospective client kind yeah. of thing. And then once they pass, then they can join the, the regular classes. Right. And so there's uh, some, this, you know, not rush, but like, okay, can we get that person to, because, you know, the fundamentals compared to the actual CrossFit class, when mm -hmm. you see the people like, you know, doing these tough workouts or whatever, like you want them to do that. That's yeah. what they're there for. Right. And then like to, you know, and it's important, but like a lot of times when, you know, you're learning how to do a, I don't know, a clean or a snatch, like you're not having the best time, you know, because it's a foreign movement and it takes time and, you know. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, it's the only sport where, it doesn't matter kind of like what level you're in. You're just put together. Of course, these boxes have now the like kind of the uh, competitive classes and everything. But still, you do the fundamentals class and then you're just thrown in there with the rest. And then you're kind of looking around. You're like, oh, I guess 80 is a good weight. No, it's not a good weight. No, for you. Like no, if no. You just join it if you, depending on your history. And martial arts, right? They have belts yeah. to indicate what level you are. Yeah. And it takes years for you to like progress through those belts. And I always thought, <laughs> never my idea about making people wear different colored shirts <laughs> based on their skill level. <laughs> Didn't yeah. work so well, but I think belts are kind of like <laughs> indi yeah. indication of, of that. But uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's also another issue because you're inviting people to get injured. And then it builds this reputation that, oh, you come here, it's a factory and you get injured, you know? And I think mm. there's... there's also that issue yeah no no I, I mean i think you know colored shirts maybe <laughs> you know it's an interesting <laughs> idea but certainly i think um 
you know, earning a weight or earning uh, uh, the right to try a movement yeah. ha has to be enforced in some ways. And then again, that comes down to, I think, the, the coaching and mm -hmm. also the management Yeah. You know, so obviously there's uh, some of the gyms I've worked at, there's coaches and there's a co head coach as well as the owner. Yeah. And like the, everyone has to be on the same page. So again, bringing up movement labs, I found the already there was, uh, you know, for coaches, no matter if even if you had experience or whatnot, you kind of had to go through the same yeah. system. It was like a mini internship. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of assessed you running a block of classes, which was three or four classes. And you couldn't make many mistakes. And it's like almost similar to the sort of the CrossFit checklist mm. already, but also, you know, time management and like, how do you cue? Are you using the right cues? Like, are, you know, safety, all these kind of things came into play. Mm. So it was like, you really had to demonstrate, you know, your knowledge as mm. well as to be able to coach too. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, if, if there is some kind of, now that's one, one way to do it, but by having a sort of a standard, then every coach is delivering somewhat the same, Correct. right? And I think we've all been in, in gyms or mm. boxes where, you know, there is a bit of discrepancy. And I think when you saw that explosion where, you know, there was a CrossFit gym on every corner, yeah. it diluted like exactly. the, what really good boxes were doing versus mm -hmm. like, you know, the guy that just uh, did his level one mm -hmm. on a weekend seminar and it's like, I'm a coach, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's it's exactly that. But then also think about the economic side of things, right? Because I think uh, the motives are like generally good from all anybody who's getting into this fitness world i think they tend to have uh generally good motives you know mm. they're trying to uh get other people to be fitter feel better and everything yeah. however there's economics part of that yeah right so if if you say that yes the best is i have um eight people in one class how are you going to make a living though with that because you know that's not enough how many classes can you run how many coaches can you pay and yeah. how many members can you really have unless you charge a lot so that's kind of the new concept that's coming but uh the previous one is like okay let's see if we can get 20 25 people in this class there's no way that you're gonna get like the same type of attention from the coach if it's a 25 no class. no and i you know i recently did my uh, uh to get recertified as a level two mm -hmm. coach right and that's one of the points that came up where one of the guys uh who was with me He, uh, on his weekend classes, it's like 20 to 25 people. And the seminar staff were like, well, honestly, the first thing, if, if it is possible, I'd have a chat with the owner saying this yeah. is not possible. Yeah. Like, but if you really have to, then you need to be almost militant in terms of like, it's, it's a checklist. You really need to organize, set up the class. So you have, you know, the, the angles, the views and everything kind of like that. Mm -hmm. But If there is a possibility, like, again, I think the sweet spot for, like, CrossFit classes is, like, 8 to 12, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's, again, it depends on the space and also, you know, the, I mean, it, again, the other thing is if you have 25, is it possible to have a second coach then, right? Mm. Because you need the, those eyes on it. And you're absolutely right. If if there's just one coach, like, there's no way. Like, no. someone is going to get dropped behind. And then, you know, 20 individuals, two new people naturally the new people like yeah, you have to triage the different fires going on right yeah but there's also going to be maybe like uh 
you know, someone who, who, who can't really quite check their ego out the door. And yeah. It's like, I'm going to be deadlifting 200 in this wad. Watch me. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we've all seen it where it's like, all right, we see each vertebrae sticking out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, but I guess like, you know, moving uh, uh, like from from CrossFit, like, you know, you mentioned. So you do the boring strength training yeah. type stuff like so. Like, what's your, like, journey? Because that, that's also really interesting in terms of, like, how you kind of, like, what what kind of things attracted you mm-hmm. and what you're trying to do. And then also, yeah, you know, you brought up the whole discipline part. And absolutely, I think you're r- r- spot on where, like, it's so much harder when you're putting together your own program, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, out of your curiosity and then trying to address what you need as well right yeah. so like it's it it kind of works both ways but still like to be able to sit down and like all right this is what i want to do uh you know on what days what i'm gonna do and then also you know going day in and day out yeah. you know it's like you are doing your own thing right yeah yeah i think um the journey actually the transition from crossfit to this type of training um actually happened here in pristina because um in 2020 as we all know there was uh, the start of the pandemic and um, Singapore handled it quite well, actually. Uh, by December of 2020, we really had no cases there. And you could move around freely. And uh, the rest of the world was kind of like these kind of like big lockdown. So, uh, but still, I kind of felt I was in a bubble because it is a small island. And I wanted to just um, get out for a while. And um, instead of going to Switzerland where my parents were, I didn't want to get them sick if I get it. I felt quite confident that if I got it, I'd be okay. I came here and I spent uh, basically all of December and most of January, actually, yeah, most of January um, here in 2020 and 2021. That's where uh, I know Dren, the, um, uh, he was here in your podcast, and, yeah. but Arsim, the trainer and Five Star. Um, so I just started training with them. I was still going to CrossFit because I'm just used to that. So yeah, I went yeah, to yeah. CrossFit Pristina. I was doing a few classes, but I saw myself sort of merging slowly into this just lifting and um and then of course it also with with um we spend a lot of time listening to some of these great minds that are out there on youtube yeah and you you can see that like the science is backing that this type of uh at least for longevity the more muscle you have tends to be quite tight with 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 longevity um and i felt like there was some sort of progress in this sort of traditional strength training and then I took that with me when I uh, went back to Singapore. I was still doing CrossFit and I was still doing this. But then there was another lockdown. Then I had, uh, luckily, I, I lived at a, in a house with a garden and I had all my gym equipment there. So you couldn't really do much besides just lift weights. So that's how it went. Um, I tried to ret- return as, the, you know, the gyms are opening and closing. I was returning to CrossFit. But then I just decided that, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I just... Because I think my membership was also coming up for renewal. Yeah. I just said, you know what? I'm just not going to do this and check it out. It was actually the, fir- the first three months were the hardest. Because I was used to the endorphins, the dopamine, the, you know, that whole mm. type of... And then also seeing friends and everything. Yeah. Um, and it was quite hard. And I was actually trying, as I told you, I think at dinner, I was trying to figure out what's going on with me. Like, why am I feeling like depressed almost? Mm-hmm. It was like, because I didn't have that crutch yeah. that I was relying on, which is these type of sort of like uh, uh, kicks that you get from the class. And, uh, but then that kind of faded away. Um, and then, yeah, uh, then uh, decided to just get into functional bodybuilding, basically. Mm. That's what I, I still do that now. 
it's just kind of like more of the push pull legs uh you know i vary that every now and then but really based on progressive overload whether it's via uh, more weight or more reps yeah um and then uh getting the now i'm 40 also realizing that recovery is key yeah so i don't want to just sort of never let the body actually let the processes go through so mm. um and also a big focus now is on intensity because you could easily go to one of these global gyms and just start like yanking on things for like two hours and actually you haven't really done much so we with my training partner and my good friend Niels we actually go and the longest workout we have is 45 minutes we're going in there and out you know yeah. just like lifting 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 one you go i go and then supersets yeah let's just keep the intensity at the, mm-hmm. at the right place and also it gets you closer enough to failure not that you need to go there but at least that's how our training is at the moment oh well, yeah like i guess you know sending the the right signal to the muscles right? correct yeah so yeah like i think one one aspect is sort of like when you start to kind of uh at least for for me too like when i started to pull away from uh crossfit and it was funny because i worked at a crossfit gym while i was like Mm. kind of like attending the classes a little bit less and sort of um you know i think depending on the the crossfit gym like you know there's also crossfit gyms that offer different courses classes right you have your your uh the bread and butter the crossfit Mm -hmm. offering but some classes will uh, some uh, places will offer like Olympic weightlifting, Correct, right? Yes. Or gymnastics, yeah. or uh, uh, again, movement labs was offering calisthenics, for example. And then they started to offer also different like specialty courses. So yeah. uh, one uh, obvious one for a lot of gyms is like the competitive class, yeah. right? Where those that want to maybe push themselves a little bit further, you know, it's like more complex movements, heavier weights, these kind of things. Um, but then also, um, a movement labs uh, started a, a strength club which was very much functional bodybuilding. And that's sort of where I went through. But it was actually also coming out from the pandemic, London gyms were closed too. Mm. And the thing was a lot of us also like when we take a break and this isn't like a, you you came back from summer holidays a couple weeks or, you know, even Mm. that, right? So you, you, you know, the duration of the pandemic months, right? The thing is, you think somewhere in your mind you could just pick up from where you left off. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I was squatting, I don't know, 100 kilos, so let's just work, you know. No, that's yeah. not the case, right? Even if you were doing like, I don't know, 100 burpees a day or like you were doing something to stay mm-hmm. fit during the, the lockdowns, yeah. right? So I, I, you know, for... I wouldn't say for the first time, but like I definitely tried to uh, uh, play it smart. And so I wanted to build my strength up. So focusing on, you know, certain lifts and I I started off with doing like a kind of a traditional like um, bro split almost, Mm -hmm. you know, chest day, leg day, these kind of things, you know, and gradually kind of uh, and and then I saw actually like, you know, I started to mix in a little bit of like the CrossFit or the gymnastics type stuff as well. And then maybe attending a, a few classes here and there. And actually I saw like that I moved a bit better than before mm-hmm. because like the underlying strength was probably much more than before. And then it was like, oh wait, there's different ways to kind of go about this, you know? And I think, you know, to, going back to sort of like the, you know, earning the right to go heavier or like you know getting your stripes as you say a lot of us when we start crossfit we're not strong enough yeah there's a lack of strength you know Mm -hmm. and then it's like you're trying to do kipping stuff yeah if you can't do a strict pull-up you're just kind of 
you know, you're lying to yourself. You, you will do a kipping, right? Yeah. But your shoulder cannot handle that. Correct. Right? Um, so, yeah, like, it, it, it was really interesting in terms of, like, oh, wow, this is, this is you know, like, kind of taking a step backwards to go a few steps forward, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's absolutely true. And I think that's why I was saying that, like, you know, to get into something like this, I think functional, functional bodybuilding is, at least my view is that this is what translates into a lot of other activities that we do in our, in our life. Yeah. You know, um, and not so much like a sport that you want to go to because you can go play football. Yes, you, you, you can, your skills will get better, but your conditioning is not going to get better that much better if you're just playing the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to actually do some other like side stuff for that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think this is uh, this is this is all all true. Um, but it's also like it's always evolving too. We're just learning more and more about like yeah. uh, these different ways to go about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like now if I just look at the journey that we've been on, right? I mean, we did keto in like 2017 or 18 when yeah. you know nobody was really talking about it, right? And we were trying these new things. And of course, we don't do that anymore, right? But, <laughs> but, uh, but the, I'm just always curious, like, in the next five years, what am I going to be doing differently that I am doing today that I thought was the right thing, you know? I think mm. this is kind of like the journey. And a lot of people are just, you know, kind of sticking to these processes that they've known for so long. And yeah, sure, it may work for them, but sometimes I challenge that. I think that, you know, they're being maybe a bit too religious on certain things and not allowing themselves to evolve even more, you know. Yeah, it's it's okay, especially in this, this uh, like, health and fitness, um, you know, field where, like, you know, it's okay to be like, oh, actually, you know what, three years ago, this was my thinking, but actually now this is uh, maybe it, it's different, you know, yeah. it's not as effective or like there's new information out there or data like saying like actually these studies like show yeah. that it's, it's you know, this approach is better than that kind of thing, yeah. right? So um, I think one thing I wanted to also kind of talk to you about because like, you know, as like as a seasoned traveler and like having experienced different gyms of different standards, you know, and I think like, you know, the, the, uh, one of the recent gyms that you were in in Singapore and you shared like plenty of pictures of it was like amazing, yeah. like super cool, like in terms of the setup, the equipment, that kind of thing. Um, and then you obviously come back here, you know, probably once a year, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, train at the five star together, you know, you've, you've seen some of the CrossFit gyms here too. Like we'll probably check out some of the new gyms yeah. that have opened up, but you know, the, it's exciting here because like, you know, as a developing country, like you don't have to follow the the steps that these other places yeah. have taken, right? It's sort of like, oh, that's already happening there. You can kind of leapfrog in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. But it'd be interesting, like your, your take on like, what do you see as like, that's kind of working, maybe not working? Like, what would you kind of like to see? Because it's it's sort of like, in some ways, like, you know, it's anything is possible here too, right? So you mean uh, Pristina? Yeah, yeah. Or um, just in Kosovo in general, right? Yeah. Okay, so I always like to start positive. What's good is that there's a lot of youth here. Yeah. You know, like uh, you almost get a culture shock when you come here because there's so many young people. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to the US, you see a lot of um, overweight people. <laughs> when you land there, you're like, okay, this is a shock. This mm-hmm. is a whole, it's almost like a different planet. And here's the opposite. Here you come and you see like, a, a lot of young people but I've been coming here since the 80s 
in the summertime typically, but I've been coming here at least once a year. And there has been a, a drastic change of how I view this place. I used to view this place as like, oh, there's a lot of like skinny people there. There's like tall, skinny people. Um, and the reason was that there wasn't many restaurants, especially before the war, there wasn't many restaurants. You ate at home and there wasn't that many cars. You, you walked everywhere. And it's also such a small city, right? You, you can walk anywhere you want. Now, what I notice is that, okay, there is... Okay, there's a lot of like development, but it's still within the same kind of compounds of the city. Uh, people eat out all the time. There's so many restaurants, so many cafes yeah. and restaurants everywhere. So people typically eat out, uh, which means you don't control what you're eating. Somebody else is doing that. And then you're driving everywhere. Yeah. And now you start to see it in people. Like you have this skinny fat skin uh, syndrome here. You see a lot of uh, uh, men that are, for example, like skinny, but they have a belly because, you know, yeah. They're not walking. They're not getting their steps in. They're not getting their sort of neat yeah. uh, out. And I think that's something that is one change, which is not for the good side, right? Um, and then, to be honest, I don't even know how that gets fixed. But then um, the other thing is um, it's still, this is one of the few places in the world where it's still very much a smoking place, right? Yep. Smoking is sort of accepted. Mm. Like, to just give you a contract, Singapore is a non-smoking country. You have, you can smoke in certain areas within the city and you usually buy a trash can or something and it just like yeah, makes if, the whole if process, you, yeah. And if you throw your cigarette butt, yeah. like not in the right spot, if you just flick it on the street, that's a fine. You get caught. Yeah. That's a significant fine, isn't yeah. it, right? Exactly. Um, but that, but the, what I mean is like they give this whole like um, smoking a, such a sort of negative kind of uh, connotation to it because you're by a trash can with other people smoking but here it's very much spread out and we know from what we've at least not just me and you but everybody knows how, how harmful smoking is right yeah. and that's gonna like you know whatever fitness you're trying to achieve level that's gonna just push you back so I think that's one thing that like is it is culturally and I just wonder maybe with the new generations that might change at some point because that would be but again going back there's a lot of youth there's a lot of potential right so now I'm glad that you're here, and I think um, people will soon also start to realize more the value that you bring to this place because you are sort of in the forefront of like fitness and nutrition. And I think you're not going to come and make a like the total difference, but you're going to be that spark. I think that will get other coaches here at least to just think about the way they're doing this. Am I just rep counting? Am I doing the same thing I've been doing the last ten years? You know, mm. um, so it's it's and I think this is this is something good. I think if we can get just more a uh, different viewpoints and different approaches, then and then also make fitness sort of like part of your lifestyle because if you look, for example, the Nordics, you know, like fitness is part of their lifestyle. Yeah. You know, you don't really see many unfit people there because it is like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go for a run or I gotta do something. You know, they they all have these type of like outdoorsy uh, activities. And here, I f still feel that those people are the outliers. Mm. Uh, you know, that are kind of focusing on that. And I think that would be somehow the change that we want to see. Gym wise, I mean, like a lot of these gyms were amazing when they opened. Now they're a bit run down, but in the end, they can still they still you know provide you the tools to do it it's it's more i think about the coaching 
to be honest and then mm. uh, the, and people getting to learn more about uh, fitness and nutrition I think this will be sort of interesting I, I do see though there is a, a movement like you know with Onze for example uh, the yep. recovery and, and now you see a lot of these like uh, Pilates places opening up and I think there is that sort of general movement um, I think it's going in the right direction um, I, you know so there's positives and negatives let's just say yeah I think like I mean what you don't know you don't know yeah right and the, that's that's yeah it's it, that's that's the case right and so it's also i think sometimes um like and that's perfectly fine like you know then it's about like okay sort of rather than being maybe judgmental like it's more about fostering a, a sense of curiosity and then the other thing and i'm not saying people are judgmental about yeah. that but like it's sort of like oh you know oh he's doing something different you know mm. like rather than it's like i wonder what that's for versus yeah. like ah oh, it's something weird you know yeah. and then that's it right that's kind of one one scenario and then the other thing is sort of like i think it's it's also about the sort of growth mindset and that's something easier said than done like mm. to, to to continuously being open right and also ready to make a fool out of yourself yeah. right it's you know we're all going to be beginners mm -hmm. uh, uh, regardless of like whether you start bodybuilding to gymnastics to kettlebells to mobility whatever it is mm -hmm. right like in the beginning it's going to look weird it's going to feel awkward but then if you kind of persist and stick to it then it becomes into something right mm -hmm. um, and like I, I, I think I um, I posted on my stories there was a guy who's uh, an American weightlifter that uh, you know it was something super basic but it's sort of like okay especially it's new year new me January that kind of thing but I think um, you know there's sometimes uh, you know within certain gyms the gym culture right is like unaccepting like, yeah. to yeah. people that are new mm. and it's like hey you know we were all there at one point complete newbies who have mm. no idea what's going on and maybe you know you don't even know how to hold the barbell or whatever yeah. and it's like all it takes is like someone to be like hey just two minutes yeah like, this is how you do it like just be careful you yeah. know I, for me my view on that is that it's it's a lot more of a perception and sometimes an excuse uh, for people not to join a gym it's like oh they're like this there normally they have a perception of the gym but actually that's not the case at all i think you can go to five star here as a beginner and somebody will see you doing something wrong like Dren for example he has no problem telling you like hey this is how you do it this yeah. is the proper form and do it this or lower the weight do it properly I've seen him do that I've seen other people do that I think it's more perception and it can be intimidating I'm not uh, uh, discounting that I think that it is true that it can be intimidating um, but I think it's also something that you just have to get over right you just have to go somewhere and i think this is actually going back to crossfit something it kind of removed because there's a lot of people on the same boat yeah you know and that's where they found themselves in this crossfit you know place maybe they were not very comfortable going to these other places yeah and yeah. that social element just kind of light yeah. loosens things up lowers yeah. the inhibitions kind of Correct. um i mean sometimes it also can backfire because like some you ask some people and they're like oh crossfit like you know the, all they have is like uh, rich froning kind of in their head yeah. and like you know a beast throwing 400 pounds like you know <laughs> like yeah. in, in, in the air kind of thing right yeah. so but yeah i do i do wonder though at times like sort of you know if going back to your point on the on the coaching mm -hmm. is sort of like this this kind of just 
elevating the the coaching but also already on you know it starts with the coaching or it even starts with the management of the different mm-hmm. gyms right because it, it starts top down kind of yeah. trickles down and like you know we've all been to to gyms i think where the gym owner is super present yeah and you know that person like it's almost like an extension of that person's personality yeah. kind of thing right and then that tr- translates into i mean maybe it does maybe it doesn't but translates mm-hmm. into also the coaching and if that owner is passionate and present, then the coaching is going to be also because that person wants coaches that are going to be almost, almost like minded kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And then for those coaches to be like almost or trainers to be sort of the, the I mean, almost leaders. Mm-hmm. Right. To then it's like, hey, welcome to the gym. You know, yeah. Kind of help them out. Kind yeah, of thing. I think I, I, to address that issue, I think, yes, I think that's absolutely right. What you said there, I think where it actually really starts is with the individual. Mm. Right. Yeah. Because you have to make that decision that, like, I'm going to do this. And there's nobody else that you can fool, especially not yourself, right? I mean, um, you have to make that decision that, like, hey, I'm going to actually do this. And just be honest. If you're not going to do it, don't do it, right? Yeah, but, because no one yeah. can force you. No exactly. Can, it's like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where it starts. It really has to start within yourself. And uh, even now, after like years of me doing this, I find myself even lying to myself. Like, ah, maybe I don't go today because of this and that. But like, no, yeah. that's not, I mean, yeah. This is, uh, it really starts with yourself. And then, yes, these other uh, factors play. Like, how is the gym? Is it accepting? Of course, you, wanna go, you don't want to go to a gym where people are not nice to you. Yeah. That's definitely going to be a barrier to continuing your journey, right? Sure. But I think where it really starts is with yourself. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. So then on that question, like, the whole discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think this, people still are very much like, I'll go when I feel like it. Yeah. Right. The motivation thing. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, between us, like we, we know that it's like, no, it's not motivation. Yeah. It's, it's discipline. You create mm-hmm. your own motivation because yeah. essentially, you know, uh, the, the example I like to use w- with, with clients or even just people that are like kind of debating on like, oh, I, I want to do this or whatever, what, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to the fitness uh, uh, realm is when do you feel like brushing your teeth? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. If you know, never, but yeah. you still do it. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, like if you don't, then of course, that's there's negative consequences. And yeah. then, you know, have to see your sister. Then yeah. uh, shout out Viosa <laughs> Hamiti. <laughs> but yeah so it's sort of like you just have to kind of get on with it like you know i mean there are like and then i think it's it's not like an ultimatum in the sense that like something is better than nothing right yeah so people think like it's it's like oh i i gotta crush it from day one kind of Mm -hmm. thing it's like maybe it's you go to the gym yeah you get your membership and then you i don't know 10 minutes on the treadmill maybe yeah. that's it yeah. I don't know like that's already something right and then no. you, you just have to kind of like keep showing up yeah I think that's that's exactly it I think it's um, showing up is the biggest biggest battle yeah and it's never going to be a perfect time never there's always going to be stuff life is life right this is yeah. just one element of life you yeah. know this is just one part to make your whole other part of life a lot better yeah. you know it's, it's like you said brushing your teeth you know um, so and then Another thing that I have to say now with social media, everybody has a voice, right? And it, they can add this unnecessary complexity to this whole journey. Mm-hmm. You know, like, don't let um, perfect be the enemy of, of, of good, right? Yeah. Just go there. You don't, like, 
the stuff that you hear, a lot of the stuff that you hear on social media is really addressing the like elite bodybuilders that need to like adjust the last little bit of things because they're going on, on a show. That stuff is irrelevant to you. Like there's so many low hanging fruits, you know, yeah. like, like you said, just go and just go on the treadmill for one if you have, if that's the level that you're on, you know? Yeah. And then even if you go and just lift some weights, that's a lot better than actually just sitting on the couch and saying that I'll do it next Tuesday or something. Yeah. So I think this is like, start with yourself and then just keep it simple and, and then take it from there. And then yeah. like, you'll see that eventually it will become uh, part of your lifestyle. Yeah, I I think, you know, with the social media especially and then also kind of the whole almost reinforcement on like instant gratification kind of. I was going to say that next. Um, yeah. Because with each sort of revolution, right, especially with this last digital one, like everything comes to us. We don't go to it now, no. right? And so it's sort of like the the beauty and simplicity as well as also like the the power of consistency is kind of forgotten right yeah it's like well people probably know about it but it's like it's not good enough yeah all of a sudden we've become too good for that yeah. right it needs to be like oh this like you know this crazy i don't know trick kind of uh you know like i mean it's entertaining don't get me wrong but you know like doing these like um what is it like you know, balancing on like a, 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 a kettlebell and doing like an overhead squatter. Like, I don't know, something yeah. ridiculous, right? Or like, what is it? Doing a muscle up with a bench on your yeah. back or something like yeah, crazy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of those are just jokes, but yeah. like, yeah, like it's, it's like all driven for like kind of clout or attention, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I fully agree. I think, and that actually, that's one thing that kind of bothers me because uh, I hear a lot of people like, you know, whether it's my family or this, like, hey, if I do this diet, is this, uh, am I going to lose weight? It's like, well, how much are you going to eat on that diet, you know? And because they're adding complexity to also the nutrition, not just also like the gym, yeah. they're adding it everywhere. You know, it's like, well, it, it's very simple. You know, uh, you, a lot of stuff is very simple. And when I get all these questions, I'm like, I really don't like that part of the, the you know, of everybody having a voice because you're sort of deterring people from actually making progress and actually giving them the right info that they need to have yeah it's already i mean it's it just makes it so much more confusing and it's sort of that um by having too many options you're almost paralyzed correct yeah right yeah and and also nowadays also you have the guy the people that actually know their stuff because they are intelligent in that aspect they don't they understand that everybody's different so they don't want to give outright advice but actually those are the people who should give a lot more guidance than they're giving now versus the people who are giving lots of guidance where they shouldn't be in no place to give anybody any guidance right yeah and I, because a lot of people do need the, the you know their hand held like all right this is the, kind of your basic food groups you know it's all about energy balance you know the more you eat uh, the more you're going to gain weight depending on how much you're burning. You know, you don't worry about the small details like and, and all these other things. And the same thing goes for training, right? Like, mm. yeah, go focus on strength training. Try to lift more than lift so your body doesn't adapt to what you're doing because it needs to actually be doing something. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, some cardio for your, you know, health and well-being. And it's actually very, very simple. But people just love to overcomplicate it because, like, think about it. You're like a, one of these fitness influencers and you make you can you, for what i said you can make three videos and that's it but they need to keep that going so they're like oh you know try this new product like you know try this new way of working out it actually guarantees more gains <laughs> it's like okay yeah it sort is. of like you get lost in that kind of 
I don't know the, that ecosystem, yeah. right? And I'm, or even like, and then you know, before you know it, you're part of this this kind of weird echo chamber, right? Yeah. Kind of like, um, yeah. I think one one thing that I wanted also kind of uh, extract from that is, so you know, we um, we practice quite a bit of zone two, and yeah. that's something that I picked up from you, kind of yeah. like, all right, and that's like to do with longevity, and it's sort of like you know, a very low impact mm -hmm. on multiple fronts, like whether it's your joints kind of, because we, we often do it on a tr inclined yeah. treadmill walking for 40, 45 minutes, like, you know, on a, on a pace where you can kind of have a conversation, but it's uncomfortable. And, you know, in the beginning, I think probably we were like, Oh, just walking on a treadmill. But like, before you know it, like at the end, you are drenched in sweat as if you played like 90 minutes of football kind yeah. of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but without, joint pain or, or anything like yeah. and it's also like relatively easy on the heart as well yeah. right so but um so like the i mean that we can we can go on this whole like topic ar around conditioning but the aspect of like i think still here especially what i see is like you know to lose weight people think cardio first yeah right yeah. this and, and not just here everywhere well in the world. like yeah. yes yeah yeah absolutely it's not just limited to here yeah. but it's more kind of also that shift from probably the experience and the journey we've been on it's like the conditioning at least this type of conditioning and also i mean there's a few other forms but like it's more for like like cardiovascular health mm -hmm. like blood flow mm -hmm. but then and then for the recovery aspect from mm -hmm. that as well but also mental health correct right yeah yeah because you have the the visible health, which is, you know, you can see how somebody's doing based on like, you know, their physique. Of course, a lot of that is genetics, but then you can also tell when somebody's actually mm. uh, been a training. But then there's an in the invisible health, which yeah. is the mental health. And I think that's where um, there's many tools also in the, in the fitness world and also nutrition. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm in, in different camps here, but uh, when it comes to, um, to training, I think... Uh, if you want to lose weight, you need to eat less. Very simple. And the way you reach that goal, that's up to you in a way. But at least the way I found it easier is that if your main goal is that I need to lose weight, maybe cardio is not where you should start. Yeah. Because cardio can actually uh, increase your uh, Appetite. Um, ghrelin hormone. Oh, increase, yeah, exactly. So you're constantly hungry, mm. which means that, and we know you can spend 45 minutes on a treadmill and then you lose what, 500 calories, say? You can have like a piece of baklava on your <laughs> your back. You're back to square one, right? Yeah. So maybe there, I think that's where nutrition is more around uh, the weight loss. Then when it comes to like, I think obviously cardiovascular health, building your aerobic base, and you said also the recovery. I think this is where kind of like zone two type of training comes into place. But also, we also know that you do get endorphins, you get this, and I think that's where the mental health side of things come as well. And I think. Also, at least here uh, now coming, uh, Singapore is um, forever summer, right? January to yeah. December, it's always warm. And then you just go outside, you're going to sweat. Um, but here you don't sweat much unless, you know, you actually, in the winter, unless you actually want to, yeah. you know, and then you make it a point. So here I am actually like doing a lot more zone two training just because, uh, you know, you want to kind of sweat out. Maybe there's some toxins, maybe not, but like just you feel a lot better. And I think that is a one piece of the puzzle to your mental health is definitely cardiovascular uh, training. Yeah, and then sort of like it's it's it really interesting in terms of like just walking on with an incline, right, uh, for that zone two for like the 45 yeah. minutes, something super simple, something yeah. 
anyone can do, you know, and you play around with the speed yeah. and the incline to your level, right? Yeah. But it's also, you know, uh, a mental exercise, actually. Absolutely. You know, yeah. like, yeah, sure, we listen to a podcast, listen to a music, but uh, especially maybe sometimes you don't, you know, then it's like you kind of go deep into your, your mind, you know, yeah. and it's sort of like, yeah, oh, 45 minutes, this is boring, yeah. you know, but then it's like, no, 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 this is what we need to kind of like get get in touch with ourselves in some ways, right? Yeah. And like, it's, I think it's probably as close as a, a guarantee can be, like, the initial thoughts going through your head when you start, but by the time you finish, you are a different person. Mm, absolutely. You know? Fully agree. But also, you know, I've done those tests where they put that mask on you and then you kind of like... Oh, the VO2. The VO2 yeah. max, but also your resting metabolic rate. And then also to see what energy system that you're using. Mm. So there's this guy, a steward in Singapore that does these tests... Um, and I've done two already with him. I did one actually when I was doing uh, CrossFit, funnily enough. Okay. And my energy system started to change at 127 beats per minute. Okay. So meaning that 127 beats per minute, I started to burn um, uh, carbohydrates for fuel, uh-huh. which is very low. I mean, like that is like immediately my system was like, I want carbohydrates. Okay. Good thing I was doing keto back then. <laughs> no <laughs> carbohydrates in my system. Yeah, that was a terrible time. But then he told me... Um, like here, this you got to do this amount of minutes. I think it was like 180 minutes a week uh-huh. of zone two, uh-huh. and I was doing this religiously every single day. Then I went back. I think eight months or nine months later, and that uh, he was actually surprised too. I think uh, my energy system from 127 went to 167. So I was burning fat up to 167, even though I was sprinting on the treadmill. Oh, wow. It was still just using fat. Yeah, yeah so very much fat yeah. adapted. Huh? So well, yeah. this aerobic base that you build with zone two is it's it's proven there. At least for my body, it was proven that. This is how you do it. Yeah. So it was a natural sell for me. Like I saw my own data. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then um, as we start to wrap this up, one thing is like in terms of testing, right? Mm. I think like that's something that, um, you know, this year I want to, I want to get like do some more testing, whether it's like blood work and yeah. these kind of things, right? You do need to like kind of, well, I think if you, to for, for the average person, like just starting off, like, okay, you don't need to be running all these kind of tests, no. but the importance of tracking, right? Yeah. You need to like, how do you, how do you see your progress? Right. Yeah. And I think that's something I've sort of like from the corner of my, eye, I see like at, at five star, for example, where I work, do most of my work. It's like, I wonder how people are tracking their progress, yeah. you know? Cause it's sort of like, all right, I'm just going to add another plate or like, you know, stick the needle into like a, the low, more weight or less weight kind of thing. Right. Right? It's, it's a bit, it seems like it's a little bit like, Lucy Goose kind of thing, yeah. right? So that's one thing, right? Um, and then sort of like in terms of like other, yeah, just being able to kind of like measure these things like mm. VO2. And that's something maybe, you know, slowly but surely it will be adopted here too. Like more places would offer that kind of stuff, yeah. right? And then if you want to go even further, like to kind of understand certain biomarkers, right? Yeah. Like, you know, getting some blood tests, for yeah. example, right? To see like, what are your certain levels for, or like, are you lacking, from a nutritional standpoint as well, like, mm. are you lacking certain vitamins, minerals, that kind of thing too, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe the blood test is not just to do with your like, you know, fitness or anything. No, that it's overall Everybody health. should be doing that. I, I do that at least twice a year. That's maybe excessive, at least um, from my age. Yeah, once a year should be fine. If you're younger, probably not as often, but I just, I'd like to do it because I just like to catch things a bit early if there is anything to catch. Yeah. But one thing that a lot of people 
not just here but everywhere in the world they use so they start train and then they use the the, uh, the number one tracking device is the scale the weight scale can be very misleading yeah because if you're doing a proper training uh, strength training program you go on the scale and you're eating actually quite okay uh, the scale hasn't changed much you think you haven't done any progress but like you know muscles everywhere yeah, so fat, the composition right? has completely changed and yep. muscles also weigh more so I think that's one thing that is not there but if you are serious if you really need to like for example lose weight then you know I don't recommend tracking forever because you can get into this whole disordered eating type of uh, world that you know I wouldn't recommend anybody to go into that but use it as a tool for one week two weeks just track what you're eating so it's just so you gotta somehow you have a yardstick right to yep. see like you know um, so you're not uh, compromising your progress just because of few things like I know I did in the beginning when I was trying to track like um, uh, the olive oil side of things I wasn't keeping track of so much but that was like 340 calories just there right because you don't really think just, about just it right guzzling yeah. olive oil <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, shots. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, these things, but yeah, mm. I think um, keeping it as simple as possible, I think that would be the, 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 the main message. Yeah, simplicity and consistency. Yeah. Uh, one last thing as mm. we, we uh, uh, close this episode, 2024, what, do you have any like kind of goals from a fitness health standpoint? Yeah, I, I was actually... Um, I've already talked to myself about this in October and I basically okay. started in October, but 2023 was an um, interesting year because my son was born. So obviously with that, some of the schedules had to change a little bit. And it was interesting because there's no way I was going to stop training, but I just told myself like, look, this is not the time to get into technical training. Just go to the gym, lift, ride intensity, play sports, walk as much as you can walk yeah. as much as you can but what happened was that zone two took a bit of a back seat okay right so this 2024 i want to get back into it um um at least like you know i want to do 150 to 200 minutes uh, a week of zone two because you know stopping for one year you realize how good it is you know and uh so i think this is something that i want to get into and then continue my my training program and then Obviously, my nutrition is usually dialed in. I'm eating a lot of the times uh, at home. And then when I eat out or there's holiday periods like this, of course, I'll have baklava, of course. Yeah, I want to go to Tara, get some chibapas, like uh, always, always, yeah. as I don't, but there is the 80-20. Of course, like, you know, 80% of the time I'm eating really good food and then 20% just enjoy, right? Yeah, I think that's, it's, everyone's going to have their sort of balance, yeah. right? Like what works for you might not necessarily work for the, yeah. the person next to you, but it's sort of like, okay, trying to figure out what works enough so that like, you know, it's not all in or, or, or one of these like really black and white situations yeah. where like, you know, I think a lot of us end up being too restrictive and then you just completely yo-yo, go off the hinges, right? Because Correct. you just, you know, yeah. you don't give yourself like a little bit of bre room to breathe mm. kind of thing right yeah um and then i think yeah you obviously if you go the other way around then you also know that you know if you eat all these kind of foods every day then a they don't they're not special anymore yeah. and then like you you know deep down inside like okay i don't feel great right? yeah so no, exactly yeah so all right thanks for cool. coming in Trini. yeah good it's been uh good i was in the neighborhood pleasure. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just walking around outside. And it was like, yeah. hey, do you want to do a podcast? So, so well, yeah. Thank, I appreciate your time, man. And let's do this again in the yeah, near future. Absolutely. And um, really, I just want to say I'm really proud of you, what you've built so far. So I appreciate it. Keep thank doing you. it. I'm glad you're doing it here, too. You know, Prashina is lucky to have you. So Thank you very much, man. We'll see that in the next few months. It means a lot. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. This was Never the Right Time on 103.5, 105.5 Urban FM. See you guys soon. Ciao.